Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Let's Talk About It with the Celebrity Doc, Dr. Cheryl Bryan Bruce. Let's Talk About It is coming to you from Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio at Let's underscore talk underscore about underscore it. Tonight we're going to the dirty subject of whether or not longevity really works. And now your host. Dr. Cheryl Brian Bruce, the Celebrity Doc. Hello, everybody. We're here tonight on Monday, the 29th of March at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and we're here on Let's Talk About It. Tonight, we're going to be talking about divorce and marriage. Is getting divorced a failure? Is marriage a measure of success? Stay with us as we talk about it on Let's Talk About It. Our listener call-in number is 347-989-0024. And you can reach us at thecelebrityduck.com. Click on the Blog Talk Radio icon or the Let's Talk About It link. Our, our microphones will be hot from the beginning, so if you want to jump in on this conversation, you can come in and join us by pressing one on your dial pad, and we will see your hand go up, and we'll recognize you. Feel free to ask questions. Feel free to jump in and make comments. Now, again, the topic tonight is divorce and marriage. We're talking about relationships. Does getting divorced mean you're a failure? I mean, if, if you're one of those people out here who has been divorced. I mean, I've done it twice now. Um, people always want to approach you. They, they hear that you've gotten divorced, and the first thing out of their mouth is, I'm sorry. Why is it that they say, I'm sorry? Because it may just be that the fact that you got divorced meant that you wanted to go out and celebrate that puppy. So is it necessarily a bad thing if we get divorced? Does it mean that we have failed? And is being married some kind of a badge of honor, a sign of, of success? I mean, you know, think about it. And men have this plan that they talk about, well, you know, I, I, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get a career and then when I'm 40, I'm going to get married. And, and it's like their badge of success, they've completed their success cycle to, to you know, end it in this, this marriage thing. And if you look about it, if you look at it kind of across the board, I mean, how many presidents have we had that have not been married? Exactly zero. How many presidents have we had that have gotten divorced? Exactly zero. And what about the big hoopla that it caused in the Royals when, uh, what, was, what was the child's name? Red hair, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah Ferguson? Ferguson. Yeah, Sarah Ferguson. When, when Sarah Ferguson, 
decided that she didn't want to play ball anymore. You know, what well, kind of... Yeah, and Diane then Diane divorced. Yeah, and then Diane divorced. And she said, I'm not playing ball either. I'm getting out of this. And I mean, you know, she was everybody's darling, but she said, I don't have to do this. Was that a failure? Does, does being married somehow make you more successful than not being married? And is there anything wrong with being single? We kind of have this, uh, this fairy tale thing going, you know, the uh, Prince Charming and Happily Ever After thing going. And in order for you to have Happily Ever After, you, you've got to have a Prince Charming and uh, a princess, and everybody gets hitched and, and rides off in, into the sunset. Right, and, the Cinderella uh, syndrome. Exactly. I mean, you, you have this, this Cinderella syndrome or, 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 you know, even Sleeping Beauty, you know. Uh, she couldn't wake up until Prince Charming rescued her. And is, is, I mean, that's obviously not real. So is this fairy tale world that we're nurturing and, and, and calling a reality, is it destroying our ability to relate effectively? You know, I mean, you have a, a lot of people who are running around, women in particular. Uh, I have a guest here in, in the <laughs> studio with me, Naima, and we were actually just talking about this. And, you know, you have a lot of women that have these kind of ridiculous expectations of what a mate is going to be. And, and, and essentially, there isn't a man on the planet that measures up. And the reality is there isn't a woman on the planet that's bringing it that hard that she can get the perfect man, you know, because last I checked, I haven't bumped into any perfect people lately. Uh, but yet we have this, this fairy tale belief that we're going to run into this, this perfect person, and then it really is going to be happily ever after, you know, no, no ups, no downs, you know, he or she has no faults, uh, no imperfections. And I think that the fact that we buy into this fairly early really kind of sets us up for divorce. You know, it sets us up not to be happy in a marriage, not to believe that we have to work at a marriage, not to believe that we have to work at a relationship. Or sometimes you just don't even choose because nobody measures up to your standards. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's absolutely right. I mean, you know, sometimes we we are so unrealistic in in our expectations that uh, you know we keep packing them up because we're so busy looking for Mr. Perfect that we can't see Mr. Right right, right in front of us. Right. Yeah, and also we have it that it's supposed to look a particular way. The whole relationship is it's, it's almost formulaic. You got to hit uh, this note, that note, so forth and so on, or you have what they call a bad marriage. And one of the appreciations is that, and uh, which is a really interesting thing, where they call one marriage and the other things civil reunions, the thing that they're imposing on uh, gays and lesbians and such, and that is. And what we're really talking about is partnership. 
and, and partnerships work. Sometimes they have longevity and sometimes they don't. They serve whatever length that they serve, the dual interests of the individuals involved in the partnership, and which doesn't necessarily mean that if a partnership dissolves, means that that's a failure, it's that what does that partnership serve over the period that that partnership serves? You know? Because in essence, when you really get right down to it, uh, although we promote it as being you know, based on love and wanting to spend the rest of our lives together, so on and so forth, when you get right down to it, a marriage really is a contractual relationship between two partners. This is what I want to do. This is what you want to do, this is, these are the rules of the game that we're setting, and we agree to this contractual relationship, we are now in a partnership. And like all partnerships in, in businesses, some business partnerships work very effectively, and sometimes you discover that your business partner isn't what you thought they would be, or that you have different business interests, <laughs> or you know, I mean, you're just generally going in, in different directions, or you may outgrow each other, or one person decides, well, you know, I thought this was the business I wanted to be in, but I really realized <laughs> I'm more interested in selling chocolate. You know? <laughs> And you wouldn't think of staying in a business for the rest of your life if it wasn't working for you. You know, you know? and that's which very interesting because inside of marriage, <laughs> inside of the partnership that we call marriage, it's almost like you're supposed to approach it as with that as a requirement for the rest of your life. Even in that the the old vows, as long as ye both shall live, right? Absolutely. Inside of it, it's like well, if I don't, as long as we both shall live, then it, I fail. Does Does that mean that in order to get out of it, I got to kill you then? <laughs> right. That's really you know what's interesting? I've been thinking about a lot of the different, say, like uh, an arranged marriage as mm-hmm. opposed to. We met, we fell in love, we decided to get married. It seems to me the difference to a degree is in an arranged marriage. It's like you're making a commitment to the arrangement of being married. Exactly. And that actually needs more leeway for he's not perfect, I don't love him, I'll grow to love him. So I think sometimes when people are looking at it just from the standpoint of the marriage as an entity and then the family as a part of that, we're devoted to that instead of, like, when it gets personal, we're devoted to each other. I, I think that the, the difference there, and we talked about this a, a bit uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, when we were talking with uh, Helen Fisher. Uh, I think the difference there is that marriage in the United States or, or Western marriage is based on, again, this romantic fantasy, and it's, it's based on a passionate love. 
And that passionate love wanes. I mean, you know, it, it, it's a big fire, but, you know, every, every big fire dies down. And when the fire dies down and it, and it, and it cools off, I mean, it may still warm you, but when the passion is, is, is gone, a lot of people want to bail them because, you know, they're in it because they're looking for the happily ever after. And the, re- the reality is just the warmth of the glow that keeps you warm through the winter kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's the partnership part of it. And in, in the arranged marriage, it, that's what it comes to. It's like, okay, well, you know, I already fanned the fire, and here's, here's the warm glow that's going to make us functionally effective partners, the inner reality. You know, and, and, and here's the hour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got mine. Do you have yours? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would wow. like to venture, venture forth another thought here, too, because I'm thinking we also don't want to be, be uh, sucked into uh, still seeing it as the same thing. In other words, part of your, your premise was that is it necessarily a failure when a partnership dissolves. So it's right. uh, so I'm. Uh, this begs the question: whether or not um, the whole construct of marriage should actually be viewed inside of um, uh, in, inside of a very basic agreement of of like this serves me, it serves you right now. That's what it is, and at at some point. Something else might, or uh, I might, you know, I might choose. Just as in any partnership, I would never think. Uh, there's a friend of mine who wants to open the cleaners. I would never say to that friend of mine. And so he says, "Will you come into business with me?" And I would never go as long as we both shall live. You know, um, <laughs> that would never enter my mind. It would be okay. This sounds like an interesting proposition. Let's see what happens. Right. And, and maybe we open a chain of, of, of cleaners, and maybe we get cleaned out. <laughs> okay. Now, then the argument there, though, becomes, well, if you, if you go into it with, well, let's, let's just see what happens, are you already setting yourself up to leave? Well, yeah, why not? You set yourself up for you. I don't think you're setting yourself up to leave. I think what you're putting in the, what you're putting out there is the reality of it is that this, it, it could have a longevity and it also could be just the same as you do with a business. If I was going into a business with someone, it seems like, this seems like a good idea. Uh, let's see what we can do with this. Let's go at it. Let's see what we can do with it. I wouldn't. I would never say, as long as I shall live. I think we make commitments that are, are ridiculous. We make these 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 statements as if, uh, as if, which of course, more often than not, turns out to be like a huge lie. Even if the people manage to stay uh, stay together, and those that don't. I mean, look at recently in the news, I mean, over and over and over again. Sandra Bullock, who, in, uh, you, uh, Tiger, uh, Tiger Super Woody, um, <laughs> on and on down the line, it's like over and over and over again. You're just hearing, you know, somebody. So it's like, is it, 
you know, it's it's like what is it realistically inside of that that people um, the, uh, that people would go venturing off? What's the great new discovery? Well, maybe because the uh, because they've been buying into an institution and not into a relatedness. Or maybe it's just that everybody wanted Tiger Super Woody. Yeah. Or I think maybe it's because honestly, but this is just my thing, that they could walk away because financially they could. I mean, I think maybe a lot of people, if it weren't for we have shared this and shared that and the you know, the the mortgage, the if if, if we get divorced and I have to pay you and I'm not gonna have enough money to, to keep the lifestyle that I like. Sometimes I think people may stay for those reasons or a woman saying, okay, I have these three kids, how am I going to take care of them without him? Whereas in Tiger's case and Sandra Bullock's case, they don't have to worry about financially how they're going to, how anybody's going to take care of themselves if they just decide it's not working. So for some exactly. people, it's just cheaper. Exactly. cheaper. Yes, thank you. Cheaper, cheaper, thank you. And then for some women, I mean, I have I have a very close friend uh, that she's in a marriage. She absolutely hates her husband. Can't stand him. I mean, they live on opposite. Whoa. They they, they live in separate, not not just separate bedrooms. They live on separate wings of the house. Their house has wings and and floors, and he lives, like, in the bottom of the house somewhere. And she lives in the top. Anytime the two meet, they're just like at each other like cats and dogs, and, and I'm like, you know, probably you should keep away from him before you kill him, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> but she stays in it because financially it's lucrative for her to be there, and she can she can keep the lifestyle that she uh-huh. has been accustomed to, and she just travels all the time, so she never has to see him. Right. Um, listeners, the lines are all open. And for those of you wanting to call in, this is Let's Talk About It, and the number is 347-989-0024. So do call in and join us. But uh, if you want to join in, the lines are all open, so feel free to pipe in. I have a caller coming in from 843. Let's hear what you have to say, caller. Uh, I'm just trying to check out what's on the menu for tonight. What's on the menu for tonight? We are talking about divorce. Is divorce failure and is marriage a measure of success? We're talking about relationships and and marriage and why we do it, why we stay, and uh, whether getting divorced is is such a bad thing. Does it mean that we fail when we walk out of the marriage? Okay, I got one for you then. (laughs) Okay, ready? Okay. Yes. My ex-wife is the devil. And I have proof before you get all upset. She scratched scratched up my car while my son came to visit and wondered why I filed for a divorce. Okay. Okay, but I could go further. Uh, She, she, the list is so long, Cheryl, I swear to God, the list is so long. Is that okay? Let me, let me back you up there. Why did she scratch up your car? I, I didn't want her. You didn't want her. No, she, Why? she, she, she was, she, she's a short fuse around a whole lot of 
gas, nitroglycerin, TNT, everything destructive. She's that and then some. Wow. Okay. Okay, so obviously that relationship is working. Say again? Okay. Uh, obviously that relationship is working. Okay, someone, someone has a window open, I think, because we're getting a little bit of uh, air interference coming through. So roll up the window. Yeah, um, but obviously, right. obviously that relationship wasn't working for you. So when you got divorced, did you feel like it was a failure? Uh, no, I felt like, whoo, that's the greatest thing that ever happened. I tried to, and... I partied hard. Okay, so he, he, be, he, he no, because, no, because you know you you sometimes you slip and you go back, you know, because hell, sex is great. She just was unpredictable. So okay. and then I went back one night, you know, to reconcile, I guess, and she had a hammer in her hand. And then it reminded me of your aunt Ellie. But listen, it reminded me of your aunt Ellie. When she said that she slept at the foot of the bed one day, she told your Uncle Carl that she had a knife in her hand. She said, why are you sleeping here peacefully? I just thought about how all the ways I could do you in. And he told her, well, hold on, Cheryl. He told her, honey, it's all right. Come on back to bed. Now, my ex-wife wasn't like that. <laughs> no, she wasn't well, using the hammer. He was a brave man because uh, he was really taking a lot for granted there. <laughs> uh, well, I, I learned two things from my dad. Being cool is very important, and having a lot of patience with what you do is also important. Okay. But, uh, but you will. <laughs> I, 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 my bed with a knife ain't that much cool in the world. So. <laughs> well, when I saw that she had the hammer, I wasn't him. Uh huh. No, I was like, yo, what's up? <laughs> yeah, I go get me a knife. I'm feeling you. So I think my, my take on that is when it gets to that point, it only makes sense to walk away. So in no way would walking away be a failure. Not walking away with insanity. Well, you got two, a lot of people don't walk away and then they get carried away. So they need to look at the huh. situations a a, a lot more clearer. If a person is volatile, then, you know, <coughs> count your losses because somebody's going to be counting theirs if you stay there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, do you feel like, okay, the, the, the divorce ended, you don't feel like that was a failure. Do you feel like you actually benefited from the marriage, were there things that you took out of that experience that you well, could carry I, on and were positive? I left New York to come down here, and and I, outside of that, you know, I I, I like it here. Yeah. It'd be getting okay. shot at up there okay. and down if, here. Nobody if, nobody if, cares yeah. about you down here. Okay, so so coming out of this, uh, having gotten married and and getting divorced, catapulted you into a different lifestyle. Yeah, drive and everything now. I okay. still want I still want to see my ex wife. I like to see her cross like I ninety five or something one day and hit her. 
I'm worried about you, Kenny. Yeah, I'm I'm still hood. I mean, I can't change. You could take me out from the from the ghetto, but the ghetto still stuck up in me like layers. Okay, we have Naima wanting to. to I wanted to ask you a question there. So, uh, let me see. Did you learn anything as far as the next time a woman starts giving you any signals or signs? Yeah, um, I learned. Like your behavior that you should maybe go in the opposite direction? Yeah, all that glitters ain't gold. She had a pretty smile, a wicked body. I thought that was it, you know. Remember the record that said, never trust a big butt and a smile? I learned that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, wait a minute. I got a big butt. <laughs> so, so, I got a nice smile. Does that mean I can't be trusted? <laughs> well, what are you trying to say? No, the, well, I, I, I take a little bit more time to find <laughs> out. Your psychological profile is really, really important to me. If, if you straight up, like, thug it, I can't roll with you. You know what, all, all, all jokes aside, I would agree with that. That's, uh, that's a very intelligent comment. You do have to look at the psychological profile of the person that you're getting ready to get involved in. And, you know, as we were saying earlier, there are no perfect people and my motto is every single person walking on this planet is insane, and you just have to pick your flavor of insanity. So That's because they was in a bad relationship. They was probably good people. They hooked up with the wrong guy, the wrong girl, and all of a sudden got them open like mayonnaise and spread them out real thin. Now we're all nuts. I'm nuts. You're nuts. Everyone walking, isn't it? I'd like to say that to you. We're all sorry, and we're all in need of healing, actually. But the thing is, if you're just looking at the surface, if you get too caught up in what something looks like, it's up to you to be able to look deeper. If you don't look deeper, then you're going to get what your hand calls for, and that's a shallow person because you were shallowly, you know, we were looking at the, the, the physical. We were looking at what kind of car that person was driving or where they lived or what kind of job they had or we were looking at how how fine he was or how good looking she was with a wicked body and a banging butt and everything else but wait, and, wait. and get a chance to look deeper. And wait, so wait. we chose based on that. You know what it is? It's the first impression is what everybody puts forth is the best. But it's what's behind that first impression. It's the first argument will usually dictate on how your relationship really is. Well, here's the If y'all disagree on jelly and jam, and he gets upset, but he was all nice about everything else, he has a problem. Well, you know, it sounds like there's a, a deeper problem than that, because it sounds to me like if the, we were talking about the first impression. Now, remember, our topic is, is divorce and marriage. Mm-hmm. Here's the question. The question that begs here is whether or not people get married often on the first impression or get married and think of longevity with reasons that are too superficial to have longevity inside of. Some people uh, are good at camouflaging their intentions. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people get, get married for the wrong reasons, you know, because they, they do have, have that first impression and they fall all off in love 
and they never look at the reality of longevity. They just say, oh, you know, this, this, this person is just banging and I want to be with them for the rest of my life. Not really thinking about what does the rest of my life mean and what is my commitment to that and what, what will this bring to me aside from this banging person? Can we work together? Can we build something together? You know, is this even someone that I really want to build anything with? Are they bringing more to the table than a fork? Yeah, I, well, I'm thinking at the same time that maybe we're not I'm not <coughs> talking about love at all. I don't think that really <laughs> has – these people get involved with one another. They fall in lust with one another. They have desires and so on, but not really – not really, truly loving. And that is a whole other dimension. And quite frankly, I think that most people never get there. Because for the better well, I think part, because we're, we're calling, calling to you, it's a difference we're between what love is. Because love, what we're calling love is some, more often than not, a formula that someone is handed. This is love. And it's and usually just some crap. It's, you know, the it's all the superficial things that we're talking it's either, about. It's either the romantic fairy tale or she's going talking to you. Or, you know, you have to even, the bottom line too, though, is when you're looking at somebody to quote-unquote love you, my first question is, does he love himself? Because the bottom line is, if he doesn't love and respect his own life, then what am I going to expect from this person? He can put up the facade of loving me for a little while, but when, as the time goes by and the situations crop up and life starts happening, if this person doesn't love his own life or love, him, love himself, what I thought he felt for me, that's not going to be there. That's not going to last. So that's kind of like the bottom line. And, of course, we all have to, like, each redefine what, what love is because you know, I read the books, the romance novels. I saw the movies. I listened to the music. You know, at some point, I got to a point in my life where I had to understand that I had to redefine what I thought that was because what, I, what they sold me and what I was buying into was not the reality. So then I got to a point where I'm, like, up in age going, well, what really is love? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it, really? That's it. Love, love, love. Okay, yeah, I want to hear this. All right, listen. All right. Love love is that thing that makes you run into a burning building to get your girlfriend's favorite pair of shoes. No, that's That's love. That's love. No, that may be retarded, but that's love. But what what you want in return is you are the same kind of love. Did you say say run into a Building to save your favorite pair of shoes? No. You love a person enough to sacrifice a whole lot. Life, limb, liberty, pursuit of justice. So then, so then you said love is an altruistic, love is self-sacrifice. I, I think that love is the most beautiful thing that you can experience, especially if you can get it back the same way you give it. And that's what we don't, we always fall short of. You never well, get you it. know what? And therein lies your failure. Therein lies your failure. You will never get it back 
the same way that you get it because the person that you are relating to is not you. Mm-hmm. No, and the bad part about you ran into the building, you got her shoes, and she's like, oh, those are the wrong ones. <laughs> and now you really feel bad. It's like, I'll be dead if I'm running in there again. You have to be doing stand-up comedy. You now have a new career. So you need to put together an act, because that was pretty good. <laughs> and on that note, we are going to a musical interlude, and we will be back to discuss the subject of marriage and divorce. Um, let's talk about it. You can dial in on our listener dial-in number at 347-989-0024. We're online at celebritydoc.com. Click on the Blog Talk Radio icon or the Let's Talk About It link. We're going to a musical interlude. <laughs> Come on, okay, that'll work. <laughs> Oh, the disco music. Uh huh. Okay, here we're back and listening to Let's Talk About It on Blog Talk Radio with your host, the Celebrity Doc. We are discussing tonight divorce and marriage, and goodness gracious knows it is getting quite entertaining here. So, uh, you must uh, miss uh, me. So, did you miss Snack Call for two weeks? <laughs> we have missed you. It has not been nearly as entertaining without you, Kenny. Very good, very good. <laughs> All right, so let's beat up on divorce for a little while. Okay. Okay. Divorce sucks. It's a sin, really. Okay. You lied to God talking about you're going to keep somebody forever. Then smashed out your window. And then they made a record about it. I broke the windows to your car. And she thought she was going to keep her. <laughs> I think that's grounds for a divorce. Is it? Okay. Oh, Paul McCartney. <laughs> Paul McCartney. She had a wooden leg and she wanted half. What is she, she never picked up a pen or pad. She never wrote a rhyme. Nothing. So I, I needed a new, a, a new leg. Okay, so uh, <laughs> so they got divorced, and was that a failure for Paul McCartney because he didn't put in a good enough prenuptial? No, he didn't do enough field work. You got to do recon nowadays. Find out what she about, where she come from. You don't want to live in Beverly Hills and get somebody from Tremont Avenue in the Bronx. Well, even if you live on Tremont, you should still get, I think you, even if you're not from Beverly Hills, even if you're from Tremont and she's from Tremont, you Listen. need to find out who you're getting into a marriage with, period, no matter where you're from. Right. So he thought he was getting a ribeye, and he got a London Royal. That's like, okay. the, that's like the bottom piece of steak, right? He should have known. Well, at least he didn't get a hot dog. He could have got that. But he even then, he wasn't going to be picky about it. You could have a beef hot dog, which is really good. Or you can get one of all the other meats in it. It's cheap and it's red. That's not a hot dog. 
Okay, well, let, let, let's reel this back in again, though. So these people are getting married, and they have lots and lots of assets. Clearly, they're not doing their homework. Nope. So are they getting married for the right reason? No, they're getting married for that secondhand emotion. I like you. You got nice eyes. You did it very good last night. I think I'll keep you. Now, we, we had uh, a guest on here. We had Helen Fisher on several uh, episodes back, and that was one of the points that she did bring. Sex is a very, very big catapult uh, that, that can lure us into marriages without necessarily thinking about it because it's addictive. It creates hormones, especially for women. It creates hormones that basically blind us to everything else after that point. And my friend living in the big house on the the opposite floor, she married her husband three months after she met him, accepted his proposal the first time. Week. And the sex was talking to her. The sex was talking to her. Now, some 20 years later, she's still in a marriage with a person that she literally hates. Well, That's why I, hey, I'm all for Steve Harvey's 90 day probation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 90 days. 90 days. Probationary period. So you can think with your head instead of other parts. Okay. Clouds mine. Clouds mine. Don't jump too fast. Okay. So, I mean, you know, there are lots of reasons to get married, but in general, in the Western culture, it seems like we really do largely marry for the wrong reasons. I mean, we, we're, we're, we're largely married, as, as Nigel was saying earlier, for a, a bogus story, something that uh, someone else has created for us, you know, the, the marriage, the, the, the cars, the ticket fence, the, you know, two and a half kids and the dog. And that's been described to us as the picture of success. And we buy into it. How come I ain't getting none of that? <laughs> I think it's important too, though, um, because I've been thinking about, you know, I'd like to be married at some point in this lifetime. And and what I, one of the things that I have to consider, though, is what is my mission or what is my purpose or what do I feel my reason for being here is? <laughs> and is that person compatible with that? Because, I mean, honestly, if I had just wanted to, you know, not to make little of it, but if I just wanted to get married and have kids and have a family and, you know, buy a house and nice car, whatever, and go on vacation, then I would have, I could have been married. But because of my professional or my career or the, the calling that I feel that I have in this lifetime, I, I know that a person wouldn't just be marrying me, he would also be marrying what I feel is my purpose and what the way that I would have to go to work every day or, you know, 
Can I ask a question? But if you had not bought into the fairy tale, could you have already found that? I, you know what? I don't know because, like I said, I always consider that. I always consider that, you know, I want to sing all over the world. So can a man, whoever I choose, have to be able to deal with that? And that he's got to be comfortable with that or that's going to create issues and problems. So I can't just get married to somebody because I like them or I'm in love or I'm emotional. I have to look at every aspect of what my purpose, what I feel my purpose is. And if and that person has to be compatible not only with me but with my purpose. Now I have a caller on here. I can see you uh, from 916. Caller, I'd like to have you weigh in on this conversation. What's your, your thought? Okay, the caller's going to be quiet still. Well, jump in if you feel the need. Nowadays, so, nowadays people get married since we're in a recession for for convenience and, and, and security, which is wrong. And, well, is it wrong? Is I think it is. I'm still a little old-fashioned. Part of the thing that's being avoided is whether or not marriage itself is arcane. Is marriage just some old thing that's been handed down through the ages and has now outlived its usefulness? Is what they call, uh, what was it, domestic partners, now the thing that's actually taking the place of marriage? Oh, I got one of those. It's, it's a ball and chain is still a ball and chain. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But the, the, Okay. And, and, and I, I know I, I kind of agree with Kenny there is, is it just a horse of another color? Because, you know, we kind of changed this marriage thing into what it is in this, in this Western culture where it's this romanticized thing. But in essence, the, the partnership uh, agreement that you're discussing uh, there now that we see the gay uh, couples developing and, and such, Again, it is just a contractual agreement between partners, and that's what a marriage originally was. You know, we kind of brought in this religious thing and, and uh, you know, melded it into this thing that was ordained by the church, but originally marriage was not connected to the church in any way whatsoever. Well, my thing is even just from what you just said, it's not the same thing. So a domestic partnership is not the same thing as a marriage. A marriage in and of itself, which is why the gays and lesbians, per se, want to be married and not just be domestic partners, not just for the other things that they receive, but also for the tribal relationship of that. And part of that is, you know, there's a psychology, philosophy, dogma that comes with the construct of marriage. That's very different. So in other words, what I'm saying is inside of domestic partner, what are we talking about? Are we talking about partnership, just partnership. But when people say marriage, they're not really saying that. There's more often than not they're saying, you belong to me, I belong right. to you, okay? Yes, you are my it. property. Where are you going? This, that, and the other. This, I take ownership now. My girlfriend does that. I've been with her for five years. There's still kind of an implied 
it, it, it may not be to the same degree, but you know, if someone's oh. in a domestic partnership, then you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's hands off. You know, they are in a committed relationship. Yep, because I, I'm, I'm in, I'm in yeah. one. And I have to tell her where I'm going, when I'll be back, who I'm going with, whose car I'm driving. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody should be unhappy. That's the wrong Unless your agreement is that it's an open relationship, uh, then it may not be legally contractual written out on paper, but in essence, there is a strong similarity in the way it's perceived. Well, I know my girlfriend told me that she could get half of what I got. We've been together for a good while, and she said she's entitled to half. Well, depending on what state you are in, it's going to get along with South Carolina. In South Carolina. North and South Carolina both recognize common law marriage, so she's right. <laughs> That's why I won't get a new car. I want a new car. I'm scared that we break up and she's going to take the new car. And leave me the the, the, the the beat up one. And then well, I have to still make the payment. Half, she can have half of that, huh? Yeah. So she can have half of the pent-up. She can have half. She can have the whole beat up car. She can take with her now. I told her she can have a whole pussy, huh? But the difference with men in divorce and a woman in divorce is if you want to go, go. Leave me what I got and go. A woman wants to take everything with her. I like this picture of your mother. You don't even like okay. my mother, but she'll take the picture anyway. Okay, okay. I, I, I'm going to argue with you on that. <laughs> I'm not, I've come out of relationships now twice, two, two marriages, and the last one, you know, tried to take me to the cleaners. Well, that's because, honey, you have job security. You have job security. Of course he's going to try to take you. You should have called. So it's, it, 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 it isn't a woman thing, then. It, it's a job security. Yeah, whoever has the most money. Yeah, but, Cheryl, you should have called me because you know how to take care of that for you. <laughs> I'll play that. Nobody mess with my family. I'm scared of you. Oh, you about to call Pookie in there? You about to go get Pookie in there? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. All righty then. Okay, so, um, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. Uh, so, people are getting married for the wrong reasons, and they're staying in marriages for the wrong reasons. Um, do we stay in marriages because we want to be there? Does it make sense to stay in a marriage if you really can't stand the person that you're living with? Does it make sense to stay in a marriage if it is negatively impacting your health? Because we do know that people who are in unhappy marriages have much more significant health conditions. They have a higher rate of, of heart attacks. They have a higher rate of high blood pressure, diabetes, strokes, you know, chronic diseases, a significantly higher, related, uh, higher rate of stress-related disorders, including cancer. 
is it worth saying when you're, you know, when your life is going to be a living hell, is it worth no. saying? No, 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 Get out while you still yeah. breathe. Is that still Kenny? Yeah, I'm still with you, honey. Okay, all right. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm all in for leaving. Okay. If the ship got a hole in it, really, if the ship has a hole in it, I'm jumping off. Well, it sounds like those people are incapable of voluntarily walking away, so they're creating situations that will take them out of the marriage. The kids will understand. I prefer the situation that take me out of the marriage, not be my life, okay? (laughs) Walk away. Don't get carried out by the coroner. There you go. (laughs) There you go. It ain't so, worth it. Are Please. there any are there any situations when it is really a good reason not to leave a marriage? Are children in a marriage a good reason not to leave the marriage? So let me call you back in like you just kick us all off for a few minutes. Let me call you back in a few minutes. Damn, how was that? Get off the phone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are children in a marriage a good reason not to leave a marriage? My opinion, yes, I always have an opinion. <laughs> My opinion is that children in a marriage are not a good reason to stay in an unhappy marriage. Nope, just sacrifice uh, because children who are living in an unhappy marriage, they absorb an incredible amount of, of stress, and it actually creates an incredible amount of dysfunction in the child. Because for one thing, they're learning that they should accept that as the way it should be, that you know, to be in this unhappy marriage, you're supposed to stick in this nonsense. And that's what it's teaching them. It, you know, it may be teaching them that they are to accept abuse from a spouse, either emotional or physical, or at the very least that they're supposed to accept a dysfunctional relationship. I think that's a bad message to send a child. <laughs> nice? Yes, I'm right here. What, what is your thought on that? I absolutely concur with you. I think that it is such a huge, huge mistake so many people make in in doing something that is not because if with children growing up in a loveless household will reflect that. And regardless of whether or not the people, the, uh, the couple try to demonstrate love. I mean, if they have a great friendship, so there is that love that's there, which is why one of the things is that conversation about falling in love becomes very, I'm very leery of it because I think it really requires two people that can really be best friends and, and through all the changes that take place with a couple, that they can still be there for one another. And if they can't, then they need to walk, go in, 
it's better to be raised by one loving parent than it is to be raised by two people that cannot stand each other. I agree, and I think one of the important things that people should realize if they're in one of these relationships where, you know, they're, they're constantly fighting and bickering or, or where they're sour with each other or cold with each other or, or whatever, the children absorb all of that negative energy, but not only do they absorb it, they internalize it, and children in their way of magical thinking believe that they are causing the negativity. They believe... Yeah. But it is their fault, you know, even though they may have nothing in the world to do with it, they still believe uh-huh. that it's their fault and you can't tell them otherwise. Exactly. <laughs> I think, Nigel, I think you brought up a really, really, really important point. And the point was something we kind of skimmed, you know, we didn't skim all of it, we didn't throw it in the pot, is that there should be friendship as a foundation in the marriage period because you know if it's just about romance then i'm then i'm judging everything with a different yardstick but if i truly love you as a if we have a friendship then i'm going to see you more as a human being instead of that perfect king or a prince that i was imagining so when you do something human instead of saying you know what you're not perfect i'm out of here it's over I'm going to work with you as a person, as a human being, as a friend. Do you just turn your back on your friends <clears throat> when things don't work out? You know, I think that exactly. was a really important point. That Very if there's well friends, you're more accepting of that being as a, another being that has – nobody escapes childhood unscathed, period. I think we just exactly. – you spend your life working out the other stuff, okay? That's adulthood. So you have to realize you're going to be in a situation with another person who is working through healing. So yeah. if you're friends, you're there for each other. If you're just looking for, look, I don't want to deal with healing. I just want to be happy and blissful all the time. <laughs> you know? and, and I think at the same time, you know, you have to accept and acknowledge that you, too, are in your stage of healing, that you Definitely. are the scars. You know, the other person is, the, is not the Definitely. only one that's touched. You know, they are not the only ones that are bleeding. You are scarred and damaged. Definitely. And if we want to go even further, you attract what you are. But that's a whole other show. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, of course, yes. That's a whole other show. Very good. We'll do that one next week. Okay. <laughs> and the week after that, and the week after that, and the week after that, next year. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely, though. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, I, I think it comes back to, you know, getting into a relationship, you need to reality check. There is no Prince Charming. Don't say that. There is, <laughs> there is no Miss Perfect. No, and yeah. do, a, do a psychological check on, on them, too. Yep. And call the PI. I think they have companies now that specialize in checking out your mate for you. <laughs> So, you know, even, even that doesn't always work because I checked out the last four. I was with it. That did not help me. 